In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. As this feast sits at the beginning of Holy Week, the prelude to our Lord's resurrection, we have an opportunity to walk with our Lord and to mystically enter into His life, enter into His journey to Jerusalem, enter into His crucifixion and His resurrection. And we are not merely companions with Christ, but we find ourselves... We, we see ourselves in everybody that Christ encounters. And this all happens in a mysterious way through the church because our God is a timeless God. He created time. He exists outside of time. Time exists within Him. And so if we enter into Him, as we just saying, as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ... If we put on Christ and enter into His life, we can do so timelessly, even from the comfort of our own church here in Mosala. And so, there's a word for this. In Greek, it's anamnesis. And it's often translated, remember, or remembrance. Christ at the mystical supper says, do this in remembrance of me. Right? And that word is anamnesis, which means an active participation in entering into the event. He tells his disciples, enter into this event with me forever, over and over and over again. So every liturgy we serve, yes, it's another liturgy after the last one from last week or whatever in chronological time. But in God's time zone, it's still the upper room. It's still the mystical supper. Because that event continues forever. Okay? So this remembrance is not simply a reenactment, like Civil War reenactments. Right? Where a bunch of people are laying on the battlefield, and they're like, I'm pretending to be a dead soldier. We aren't pretending. We're entering into. And, and as we go through the week, we need to enter into the events that are happening and enter into the characters, so to speak, that are presented. We have to see ourselves in everybody that Christ encounters. We have to see ourselves in Lazarus, who is dead and decaying, wrapped in his grave clothes, which symbolize the sin of the world. We are Lazarus. And Lazarus is there for us. We have to see ourselves in Martha, who is grieving for her brother and needs a theological word from our Lord. She and Mary both come and say the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus responds with a word to Mary. I am the resurrection. Right? He explains it to her so she can get it here in her mind. And then with Mary, he doesn't explain anything. He weeps. Right? 
St. Paul says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. Elsewhere, St. Paul says, I can be all things to all men that some might be saved. And that's what Christ is doing here. We have to see ourselves in the children on Palm Sunday who are shouting, Hosanna to the King of Kings. Hosanna to the Son of David. We have to see ourselves in the Jews who are full of envy that this man is getting all the credit and that people are turning from them, that they're losing their power, they're losing their hold over people, they're losing control. We have to see ourselves in the disciples whose faith changes like the Dow Jones Industrial Average. We just heard Thomas say, let us go with him that we may die with him. And then where's Thomas? He disappears, right? Peter, we have to see ourselves in Peter who says, Lord, even if I must die, I will never deny you. And then he does. We have to see ourselves in the disciples who abandon Christ. We have to see ourselves in the disciple who stands by his side. We have to see ourselves in the Theotokos, the mother grieving for her child. We have to see ourselves in Joseph and Nicodemus who are bravely breaking rank and asking for the body of our Lord. We have to see ourselves even in Judas, who is focusing too much on money, too much on the cares of the world, who despises the woman who washes the Lord's feet with precious myrrh and costly ointment. We have to see ourselves in the harlot who washes our Lord's feet with her tears. We have to see ourselves in the disciples in the upper room. We even have to see ourselves in the scriptural stories, right? We have to believe that we are Adam and Eve. We have to believe that we are Job sitting on a dunghill, wondering why we're suffering and trying to refrain from cursing God. We have to see ourselves in Ezekiel, who is told by the Lord, prophesy, O son of man, to these dry bones. And we have to even see ourselves in those dry bones rattling back to life. We have to see ourselves especially in Jonah. Jonah, my man. Boy, I can relate to that guy. Who's told to do one thing and he does the exact opposite. He causes a storm, makes some sailors lose all of their cargo, and finally goes into the sea and gets swallowed by the giant sea monster. And only then, only then, in the belly of the fish, in the sheol of the fish, the Hades of the fish, only then, surrounded by blood, guts, and stinky fish, does he say, you know, Lord, you might have been right. Can you help me? We have to see ourselves 
as the sheep and the goats, we have to see ourselves in the ten virgins, more foolish than wise. We have to see ourselves in Pilate interrogating Christ, asking what is truth, and thinking that he has the power over the God-man. We have to see ourselves in the Jews who are who are rousing up the crowd and trying to get everybody on their side so they can get their power back. We have to see ourselves in Simon of Cyrene who has the privilege of carrying our Lord's cross. We have to see ourselves in the soldiers who were mocking the Lord. We have to see ourselves in the Jews who were gnashing their teeth at Him and demanding a sign in order to believe. Prove it to me! And our Lord, of course, doesn't because He knows they won't change their minds. We have to see ourselves in the centurion believing, the thief mocking, and the wise thief repenting. We must, we must identify with the myrrh-bearers who are weeping, the myrrh-bearers who rest on the Sabbath and follow the law, and the myrrh-bearers who rise early in the morning to finish the job, and then the myrrh-bearers who are also rewarded with the first proclamation of the good news that Christ is risen. We must still identify with the apostles who are disbelieving in the resurrection, with Thomas, who is touching, and with those who are not seen yet still believing. We have to identify with the entire world, from Adam to the end, all of mankind, and with those who disbelieve and with those who believe and those who return to God. The human heart is not simple and straightforward. It is full of guile. It is full of evil. I talked about this last week. It is also full of joy and full of virtue and the kingdom of heaven. We are complex. And we can see ourselves in all of these characters who are presented. All of these real persons, both good and bad. We stay away from the absolutes because... Nobody is ever absolutely all good or absolutely all evil, except our Lord Himself. And we must always remember that hindsight is 2020. It's easy to look back and say, oh, man, Peter really blew it. I could have done better. Really? Don't be so fast. Don't be so fast. We must give others the benefit of the doubt, and we must see others' failures as our own, and we must pursue the victories that occur through the week and try to have faith the way that those who stood by our Lord had faith. Brothers and sisters, this is the time to enter in. This is the time to be Lazarus. We are wrapped up in sin, pleasure, passion, and corruption. And the Lord is calling us. Lazarus, come forth. Father Matthew, come forth. 
He's calling you by name. We can either hang out in the grave in the dark, awful mud of corruption and disobey our Lord, or we can start slowly hopping back to life and be obedient to our Lord. I love this icon because as you see in the icon, the grave opens and people are covering their noses because Lazarus has begun to stink. And yet here he comes, step by step, waddle by waddle, hop by hop, all tied up, all wrapped up. This is the ultimate death therapy, right? And Lazarus went on to become a bishop in the church, and he never spoke about his experience in Hades, either because he was not allowed to or because he didn't see anything. We don't know. He never said anything about it. But he came out of the grave, and he chose to serve the Lord. And as we go through Holy Week, we are presented with a tremendous choice. Do we want to rot in the grave? Or do we want to live with Christ who says, I am the resurrection and the life? Brothers and sisters, let us enter into this week with the fullness of our being. Let us enter into it with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. And let us not be afraid to identify with those who are fallen and weak and those who stumble along the way, knowing that we stumble every day more than them. And let us remember the light at the end of the tunnel, the light of the empty tomb which awaits us, not just at the end of a long week to give us some refreshment, but awaits us at the end of our lives to give us light for all of eternity where all the saints praise the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Amen.